You are listening to the Mentally Strong Choice Mapping Podcast. I am Dr. B, a doctoral prepared psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner with over 20 years of clinical experience. However, my real expertise comes from having experienced unimaginable hardship. As a result, I created Choice Mapping, a cognitive behavioral approach. Listen and learn how Choice Mapping makes you mentally stronger. Hi, I'm Dr. B, psychiatric nurse practitioner. Today I'm going to be talking about what's going on in the world right now, specifically our country. It is June 2020, and as I watch the news, um, I get a lot of hurt, um, anxiety, fears about what's going on. Um, You know, we are just, you know, three months into discussing this pandemic and now our country has gone into multiple riots in multiple cities. And personally, being an empath, I feel the weight of that. Um, not necessarily healthy, so I'll talk about that in another um, video. But I think it's super important for me to um, talk about the psychology of what's going on right now. I'm so proud to be an American. I remember the first time I was proud to be an American. I was serving my country in the Army as a medic in Korea, and very young. I was only 17 years old. And I remember seeing this other culture for the first time and thinking, I am so proud to be an American. I've uh, served in the military. I've done missions work. And each time I do some of those things, again, I'm I'm proud to be an American. But as I experience life more as an empath and I and I identify with um, my fellow Americans, I realize that not everybody has that same experience. Maybe they're not so proud to be an American because they've been hurt by the system. I am I have to acknowledge that white privilege is real. Um, and I benefit from that every day. And there is, and oppression is real. It's real everywhere. Um, but right now it's at the forefront of our minds and our decision making because of this incident that happened that is now uh, led into riots, right? We, we talk about um, these things being right and wrong and you know, people are judging both sides, but we have a huge problem because we're not empathizing with our fellow Americans. And today I, I come to you with, with the weight of that. Um, and I ask that you acknowledge wherever you are um, in this, you know, privilege or not privilege um, culture that you try to empathize uh, with your fellow Americans, that you identify that oppression is real. And oppression actually changes behavior. Um, It changes the way we feel, our mood. And I can't truly say I understand that. I'm kind of the epitome of of white privilege. You know, white, female, um, straight, educated, middle class, um, I can't explain or, or truly identify 
with not feeling oppressed by a culture. But I remember um, when I married my husband, who who happens to be African-American, I thought, oh, I'm not racist. I'm married to a black man. Um, and, and I truly believe there's tons of white Americans that believe that they're not racist. And, and maybe you're not on that superficial level, but you're not part of the solution. You don't actually understand that we have a whole system that's oppressing others. And so just marrying a black man, no insight for me. But I remember the first time one of my mixed children were judged. I got a glimpse of that. And again, can't truly understand, but I have a glimpse and it's real. And, I, and we need to acknowledge that we are in a culture, in a system, that this oppression is real. And oppression changes people. And it's changing a whole um, de- you know, demographic of, of people. There's a book called The Man's Search for Meaning by uh, Viktor Frankl. And he's talking about the oppression of the Jews in concentration camps. But one of the things he talks about, he's a psychiatrist that wrote a book about uh, that oppression. And oppression can actually make people give up and die, physically die from oppression. And so if someone can physically die from oppression, they can surely make bad choices, um, do things that are not, um, you know, are, are going into that stereotype that we, that we say. Um, and so this is a huge uh, generational system problem. And I don't, unfortunately, don't have specific solutions. But what I'm asking each and every one of you to do is to think about your fellow Americans and how they are viewing the world. Um, and unfortunately, we have to also acknowledge that if we were to put privilege on a continuum, you know, a white female might be at the top and a black, dark skin, low income male is at the bottom. And we have to acknowledge that we've <clears throat> there has been people who have peacefully protested for years we you know we quote martin luther king like um like those changes have actually occurred and they haven't um and we still need to push towards those dreams when we, we've almost made a joke of it just last night i was watching a sitcom um, and it's the sitcom is a upper middle class black family raising their kids in a um, predominantly white school system. And one of their kids came home and was talking about they were being bullied at school and they made a joke of it. And it was, oh, well, you just have to show your blackness and those white kids will be scared of you because people are scared of blackness. And, you know, I laughed at the joke and we all laugh at the joke but we laugh at it like it's over, like the fight is over. That, you know, um, because I, you know, I personally respect um, blacks and, and every other minority. We're talking about a system problem. 
but I'm just acknowledging that the black man is unfortunately at the bottom of that. And I have a grandson who is a black man, not mixed. Um, and I don't want him to face those things. I want him to be proud that he's a black man. And how do you instill that pride when the whole system is afraid? Um, and there are tons of successful black men that are, are fighting against that stereotype. And we, we are making small um, successes every day. But this riot is an example that we're not, we're not there yet. We're not even close that that people as a as a whole do not feel heard they still feel oppressed they feel prejudged in this particular system we're blaming the police force and you know i want to talk about the psychology of a police officer they're trained to control a situation and maybe that's where we've gone wrong do we really need our police to control us or do we need them to help us and improve things and be a part of the solution? I mean, there's definitely prejudgment um, stereotypes that that police will will fight every day. But we have plenty of black men and women and other minority uh, on the police force that are trying to. Uh, Lots of, of police are good, and um, I talk about in another video on domestic violence how I was scared to call the police because the perpetrator was a black male, and I was scared of the response that somebody was going to get hurt. But they responded beautifully. He was arrested because he rightfully should have been, but nobody was hurt. There was no anger or prejudgment. Um, coming from the police at that situation. So I'm sure those things happen in the thousands every day. Um, but the reality is, is there is a prejudgment. Um, and, you know, there's this whole system of individuals who, who become police officers because they like that control. They want that power. And they display that um, when they... <clears throat> approach a situation. And going back to, to privilege, I, I have never in my life felt afraid when I approach a police officer. Even in my younger years where I might have been doing things that could have caused the police to uh, intervene, and we won't go there, um, I've never felt afraid of them because I, I have that white privilege. I, I don't think they're gonna do anything to seriously harm me. And if I were arrested and accused, I truly believe I would get a fair trial. I don't know how many black men in this country could say that. I even find myself saying to my husband, don't get angry in public, so they're gonna call the police on you. But I can get angry, right? So the the psychology of, of this is very, very complex. And it's, um, I don't know how to fix it. 
But we all need to find a way to be a part of the solution. We need to stop and try to be empathetic to our fellow Americans, regardless of if we can truly understand. I, I admit, I don't truly understand. But I hope that I have prompted you to look at yourself, to you know, evaluate your prejudgments, to be empathetic to your fellow American, specifically the black man. And I just, you know, I pray that we can all kind of understand the psychology of what's going on and that we can find a way to be a part of the solution. The rioting is a, is a description of not being heard. Somebody, they don't feel heard and we have all of this anger of years of oppression built up. Plus, we have to throw the psychology of being um, quarantined to, to your house for three months, not being able to do the things that are fun for you. And now you have an excuse to be angry? Of course. I mean, that makes sense. We're going to go out and we're going to, uh, you know, release that anger. And some people obviously are taking it way too far. But those that are sitting at home judging the rioters, I'm asking you to try to stop. Stop and think about that frustration. I mean, have you ever been so frustrated that you have like a little temper tantrum? I have. <laughs> and I haven't been oppressed my whole life. So just trying to understand how they got there. Not, not saying it's right, but, you know, how they got to that point. And how we got to this point as a system where we don't listen, where peaceful protests of, of a football player getting on his knees during the, the anthem is a problem. Like, you know, there's always this judgment, even when someone's trying to do it peacefully. So stop, take a deep breath, meditate on your own thoughts, your own life experiences. Try to be empathetic to other people's, including the police officers. You know, there are so many people out there serving us and we need to respect them also. Again, the psychology of this is so complicated. Like, share the video, subscribe, find other ways to be mentally strong, learn choice mapping, which is, is, is our way of identifying and organizing our problems so that we can move forward, come up with personal visions, maybe even come up with solutions for this. And remember that you too are mentally strong. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about choice mapping, visit our website, www.mentallystrong.com. And remember, choice mapping makes you mentally stronger.